Welcome to Happily Ever After 40, a podcast brought to you by ProMedica, where we discuss midlife health and well-being. I'm Amanda Wild. In this episode, Rick Black, ProMedica Corporate Rehabilitation Director, shares practical things men can do now to impact their health for years to come. Welcome back to the podcast, Rick. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So what we're saying is your future health is influenced by the actions you take today. What are some practical things men can do today that will make an impact on their health for years to come? Well, I think starting with maybe maybe the most obvious is if you smoke, quit smoking. And I, I know that's easier said than done. Nicotine is highly addictive and it can be really challenging to quit. But if you've, if you've tried before and been unsuccessful, I'd say try again because it has such a huge effect on health. So, so being able to quit smoking can just ha- have an incredible positive impact on your life. So if you're having difficulty quitting, there's different smoking cessation programs out there. Work with your healthcare provider and find one that works for you. Um, As a former smoker, I can say that you never, you're never glad you, you know, you never wish you had another one yesterday. You know, that's something that motivated me. You know, it's not something you're happy you did when you look back on it. So as we're talking about looking toward your future, it can really be a big boon to stop smoking. In fact, I had a 75-year-old friend tell me most of her friends that died early were smokers and not necessarily dying of smoking-related diseases. So I guess smoke affects much more than just just your lungs or if that's not enough. Right. A- absolutely. It affects your entire body. And the earlier you quit, the more likely you are to, to reduce the, the odds of, of serious illness from that smoking. So absolutely. So it, it, quitting any time is good, but earlier is better. What else can men do to make an impact on their health? Well, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about moderate alcohol drinking. So I, I'm, I'm not ta- I, So I think drinking alcohol in, in general, if you're drinking excessive amounts where, you know, there's alcohol dependency, that's a, a whole other issue. And obviously that can wreak havoc on a, on a person's individual health and their family and, and their community. But I, I'm going to focus just on, on moderate drinking. And I'd encourage men who are, say, you know, having a beer or two in the evening after work, just think about it in terms of the caloric intake. So you look at a can of beer and it's probably about 150 calories. And so one beer, no big deal. But imagine you're drinking one or two, maybe four or five nights a week after work. Add up those calories and over time, you're just ingesting a lot of calories through alcoholic beverages. And, and so I would just encourage men to, to look at that and think, are there opportunities to cut back a little bit and, and less from the alcohol standpoint and just from the sheer calories that they're ingesting and the effect that that could have on their weight and their health in general? Well, beer belly is no joke and it's we see it everywhere and that really can be detrimental later on, right? Just to carry that extra fat around your belly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's not called a beer belly for nothing, right? So that, as a result of those added calories, you can put that on. And that abdominal fat that, that you're talking about, you know, it's metabolically different from fat that you might have in your thighs or your buttocks. 
And those men are at increased risk for problems like insulin resistance, which can lead to type 2 diabetes, heart disease, erectile dysfunction. So there's a whole host of things when your waist gets much bigger than your hips that can lead to problems. It can lead to orthopedic problems. Carrying around that weight in your stomach can affect the position of your spine and over time can, can cause back problems. So there's a host of issues associated with that and it can kind of creep up on you as you get older. You know, five pounds here, five pounds there, it doesn't seem like much, but over the years, those pounds add up. Yeah, and that happens to me too as a woman who doesn't drink beer. So that actually leads me to the question of, you mentioned caloric intake. Weight is definitely harder to lose as you age. Why is that? Absolutely. Well, uh, uh, you know, our metabolism slows down and oftentimes our physical activity decreases. So we're taking in the same or more calories and we're decreasing our levels of physical activity. So you start getting an imbalance. And if you're taking in more calories than you're burning off, that gets stored in your body as fat. And so it's very common. And, and, and you know, it doesn't have to be a lot. It's just, it's cumulative over time. You know, a lot of things I'm going to talk about today, both the, the, the things that are problematic and then things that are, are beneficial for you, you know, their effect is cumulative. It's, it's not one cigarette that gets a person, right? Or it's not one drink that does it. But when you, when you do those activities over an extended period of time, the effect is cumulative. It, it builds up on itself. Mm-hmm. So let's turn to diet. What should we be looking at in terms of diet? Well, you know, I, I'm not a nutritionist, and so and there's all different kinds of diets out there. But I think that we, we really need to make sure that we're eating a healthy diet. And healthy, there's a wide variety of foods out there that are healthy, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables. And just watching what we take and our portion sizes, all those, those basic things. Again, I, I'm not going to get into the percentage of carbohydrates, the fat to protein. You know, there's all different kinds of diet trends out there, and I'm, I'm not the best one to speak to that. What I would encourage people to do, though, is look at your diet and consider, are there things that you're taking in that don't provide any real value for you? You know, a good example is something like soda or, or pop, as a lot of people call it. And if you think about you know, a can of soda, an average can of soda probably has about eight or nine teaspoons of sugar in it. And I, I, would, I can't even imagine if you tried to eat eight or nine teaspoons of raw sugar, you'd probably get sick before you got very far into it. But when you put that sugar in a syrup and then pour it into carbonated water, we can ingest huge amounts of sugar and calories, and they're not calories that are going to, to improve your health and well-being. So I encourage people, look at what you're, what you're taking in and consider, is this stuff really helping me? Is, is this helping me be a healthier, stronger person? Is this is providing vital minerals and nutrients to my diet? And if it's not, consider, can you eliminate some of those things or reduce your intake of them? Mm-hmm. So we have talked about things you can stop doing, unhealthy diet, alcohol use, something to watch, and, and, and we can stop smoking. What, what are some things we could start? The, what are, you said you would be talking also about some beneficial things we can do. What can we do even uh, at this age saying we're, you know, maybe we have that beer belly, maybe we still smoke, now we're interested in changing that up so to have a healthy future. So what, can we, what else can we do proactively? Yeah, absolutely. I I would recommend that people consider increasing their physical activity 
and to do some form or forms of regular exercise. So, of course, if, if you've been sedentary before you start any increasing, significantly increasing your physical activity, you should probably be checked out by your healthcare provider. Make sure things that you don't have any unknown issues with, with heart disease, get your cholesterol checked, get your blood pressure checked, things like that, just to make sure that everything's okay and that you can engage in vigorous activity. But, but with that in mind, my, my biggest caution to people is to think long term. So we've probably, if you've ever belonged to a gym, you know that in January, gyms are packed because when people set their New Year's resolutions, they say, I am going to get in shape. I'm going to buy a, a membership to a gym and I'm going to work out. And that lasts a couple of weeks in January. And then people, many of them end up going back to their sedentary habits. So what I encourage people to do is to think really long term because you're trying to make changes that you're going to incorporate into your life and that you're going to continue for years and years and potentially decades. So it's okay to go slow. It's not a race to get somewhere. You don't you don't have a there's not a time requirement and you get a huge amount of benefit if you're completely sedentary and you just start doing something that you get a huge benefit from that increased level of physical activity. So I, I encourage people, find things that you like doing and then and then do them. Seek out opportunities for physical activity, right? It, it all all of your so that's why I'm careful not to just talk about exercise. It could be something as simple as if you have the opportunity to take a flight of stairs instead of taking an elevator, take the flight of stairs. I work on the 15th floor of a building. And so several times a week, I take the elevator to a, a floor, several floors down, and I walk up to my office. By the time I get there, I'm a little winded. I'm not exhausted. I'm not, I'm not dripping in sweat, but I can feel that I just did a little bit of exercise. And if I do that two or three times a week, I can add a, 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 a hundred steps or more into my weekly activity level. Or, you know, if, you, if you're going to the store, Instead of parking at a parking spot that's right in front of the door, park a little farther so that you have to walk a little bit. And those types of physical activity add up. It, it doesn't have to be all just dedicated exercise program, but, but that little bit, walking your dog and things that get you outside and get you moving more can, can really add to the, the amount of physical activity that you're doing on a regular basis. So just like the bad things you do for yourself, the good things also have a cumulative effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I encourage people a, a couple of different things. It, it can be helpful to discuss what you're trying to do and maybe have a buddy or two so that you have somebody to encourage you because there's going to be days when maybe you don't feel like being physically active but but having somebody who's who's kind of has similar goals to yours that, and that you're working together even if you're not doing the physical activity together you're just communicating and providing some support that can be helpful i encourage people set goals and again be be very reasonable don't you know it's very common you want to get in shape and 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 you want to do some kind of activity and you go and you do it real hard for a couple of days and you wind up being stiff and sore and achy and maybe even suffer an injury because your your soft tissue haven't had time to adapt to that exercise so then you get discouraged and you stop you stop doing the activity better to go real slow 
and little by little so that you, you, you kind of overcome that internal resistance and, and you don't hurt yourself. Again, thinking long term. I also encourage people, write down what you've done so that you have a clear record. You can look back and say, look what I've done over this past month. That can be helpful because otherwise it, it, you've done that activity, you have no record of it, and it's easy for it just to be out of your mind and, and you, you don't give yourself the credit you deserve for doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you've talked about all these motivators because a lot of us struggle with that one when it comes to exercise. I would just add too, if you're sedentary, you will see effects right away from exercise, just gentle exercise. So you don't have to go all out and, you know, go jogging for a mile every morning from now on. But whatever you do, those extra flights of stairs, you'll, you'll, you'll feel that immediately. So that can be a motivator too. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's also why, you know, it might even help, in addition to writing down what you've done, keep a little journal and be aware of, of the changes in your body as you do these things. So were you really winded the first time you did those steps? And then now can you do them and you're not so winded and maybe you can do a second flight of steps. And so that you, you see how your body adapts over time and, and, and you can give yourself credit for, for the effort you're putting in. Maybe even keep a journal as you're starting, you know, when you do smoke or drink or, or drink a pop or whatever, put that in there too. So you get a good perspective on how, what you're putting in your body and, and how that's affecting you. I, I think that's a great idea. And some people might be startled actually writing it down. It's kind of like doing a budget, right? And sometimes people are amazed at where they're spending their money. And, uh, and maybe in this case, people can see how much they're actually ingesting of some of these things. And, and that might help them to gradually wean away from some of that stuff. This is all such great information. Thank you for all these tips on how men and and women too can set themselves up for a healthy future. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, I, I, I think that the key thing is, is to think long-term, to, to go gradually and, and give yourself credit for what you do. And, but, but just think long-term. It's important, just, just changing things for a day or a week aren't gonna have a big impact on your life, but incorporating these things into your life will have a huge effect on you, positive effect. Thank you again, Rick. It's great speaking with you. Thank you. For more information, visit www.promedica.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social media. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay happily ever after 40. 